Be'ez HaShem, we're starting now the brand new series on character building. I'm very, very excited about this series because this is a series that is very, very important for ourselves, for our future, and obviously for our character. Okay? So, we're going to start with the following story. Ravelli Lopian um, said over the following quite scary Misa. And he said there was an old angry man. Right, he was known in the neighborhood, you know, to be like a real angry man. He was like the guy that all the kids, you know, was to get out on his nerves and whatever it was. And nobody, nobody liked him and he didn't like anybody. And all the kids were scared of him. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? One day, one day, word got out that he was very, very sick. He was really, really, really sick. And the Hever Kadisha were called to go around his bed and to say whatever they needed to say. Now, the kids in the neighborhood didn't want to miss this opportunity, right? So they, they couldn't get in the house, obviously, but they started climbing up the side of the house in order to get to his window where he lay, in order to watch him. And here they finally were, like, had the, you know, they had the upper hand on him, right? Because now he's in bed and now he's sick, he's about to die, and they wanted to watch it happen. They were very excited. They hated this guy. He caused sorrows for everybody, yeah? So they climbed up the window, and this guy is lying there in bed, He's got no koyach, you know, he's, he's pretty much, it's pretty much almost over. And he sees these kids in the window. With the last ounce of strength that he has, he raises his arms. Get down from my window! And with those words, the Yitzhiya's neshama happened, and he left this world. At the time when he was meant to be saying, Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Achol, when he was meant to be yachad with the Rabbani Shalom, the highest madrega, he was being angry, and he was using his personality that he had used the entire lifetime for badness. And what I want to discuss in the next couple of sessions is the idea of character development, character building, with the specific focus, at least at the moment, we'll see how far we get, with cuss, anger. So a lot of people think that uh, anger is not really negative to me. Uh, it's not so negative to me. So I want to see um, if that's really, really true. And what can we do? Maybe we'll get some practical ideas of how to conquer that. First of all, we have to understand this. There's a mode Chassam Soifa. The Chassam Soifa explains, um, it's in Torah's motion, Parashas Ekev. The Chassam Soifa explains the words that we say probably every day. Borei nefoshos rabois v'chesroinon. Right, we say a burn of when you finish eating. Says that some sort of an incredible idea, an incredible explanation of how to explain the words boyre nefoshos rabois v'chesroinon. So the Chassam explains it to mean as follows. Hashem created everything with its deficiencies, shortcomings, and faults. That means that we, as a human being, was also created with our deficiencies and with our set of shortcomings. And our job in this world is to rectify them, is to make them better. In fact, the Vilna Goyen writes famously that the entire reason why a person was sent down to this world is Tikkun which means if the only reason you came down to this world and if the only thing that you accomplished while being in this world was Tikkun fixing up your character traits, then it was worth it. Okay, so that is why I want to discuss this for a couple of days. Again, like I said, I'm going to try to get too mainly into cars. Um, I was researching on Erev Shabbos. And I thought, you know, I'm going to find a couple of Marmakomis here and there. Can I know how it, there is, I, it just built up and up and up and up. A pile of notes and Marmakomis and everything is unbelievable. There is so much written on this. And I, and I just feel it's an important idea to give over because I think people have to work on this. And we'll see in a minute who this is Nogea to. We'll, we'll get to it. There's a very important idea from the Akedas Yitzchok. The Akira Sitzchuk, as we know, was the highest act of Messiris Nefesh ever in this world. 
So much so that every Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah actually, what we do is we actually, uh, we actually live off of that schar. We live off of the reward of Akedat Yitzchak. What Rav Vinu and Yitzchak did at the time of Akedat Yitzchak is something that we live off Ad Hayoyim Ezeh. That's how big the Mesiris Nefesh it was. There's a very interesting Lashon. After Romovinu finished the test, oh, this was his last and tenth test that the Rabbanishan put him through, right? Remember, the Mishnah Perkyovis says that there are ten tests that Romovinu went through. Makeda Sitzok was the last and probably one of the hardest ones. After Romovinu passes the test, what does the Possek say? The Possek says, Va'ata, and now, now I know that you are a fear of God. Right now I know that you're a, you're a Shemaim, you're a fear of God. And the question is, hold on a minute. This is the 10th test. Avraham Avinu went through nine other very difficult tests. Very hard tests. And he passed every single one with flying colors. Now, this was also a challenging test like the previous nine. But he passed this one like he passed the other ones. Why is it now, specifically after this one, is the reason that uh, the, the, the Torah says that the Rabbanu Shem told Moshe Avinu, uh, told uh, Avram Avinu, that now I know that you're fair God. So you could say very simple, it's the last one, right? After you finish the whole series. But there's obviously something deeper than that. And the idea basically would be is as follows. A very, very beautiful pshat which I heard a number of years ago. And that is as follows. It wasn't, the, it wasn't pshat, it was the last and the tenth test that required Avram Avinu to go through. But this test was in a sense the hardest one. Why? Because it required Avramovinu to go totally against his character. Now, we're all born with character traits. We're all born with character traits that the Rabbanshram instilled within us, and they have a lot to do with our environment that we were brought up with, our family we were brought up with, you know, our teachers, our rebellion, our classmates, our friends. Everything contributes together to that. But we have our set of character traits. Very rarely does a person have to go against that. Now, it's very choshev, halavai. Avram Avinu is praised in the Torah as being a Yerush Hashem when he went against his character traits. When he went against everything he stood for. For Avram Avinu to kill his son was something that stood, went against everything he stood for. Now we know Yerush Hashem. What does that tell us? That tells us as follows. That when a person goes against his character traits, when a person takes the character traits which he's, I'm not going to say that Hashem necessarily put within him, but he's used to, and that he grew up with and it became a habit to him, so then, then he becomes a Yerush Hashem. Then he becomes a Yerush Hashem. He becomes someone that fears Hashem, which we know is the highest level. Dovah Melech said, What does Hashem want from you? Only to fear Hashem. So that's the highest level. That means the way to get to this highest level is to work on yourself, is to work on your character traits. And the first one I want to discuss is, as we said, the union of anger. Chazal tell us in the Gemara Baruch Islam, Gimel Oba Beis, Hakol Bidei Shemaim, everything is from Shemaim, everything is from Hashem, Chutz Miyerah Shemaim with the exception of fearing Hashem. Which means that when a person corrects his character traits, when a person makes himself into a better person, this is something Hashem cannot do. By the way, this is the only thing that you can do. There's not, you, no, Hashem can't do this. It's a chazal. I'm only saying this because chazal tell us. Hakol bidei shamayim. Everything is from Hashem. Fearing Hashem is something only you can do. How do you fear Hashem? As I just pointed out to you. When you correct your character traits, when you work on who you are, when you work on your personality, and you work on the midst that the Rav Hashem gave you, and you change them for the better, as I said, the Vilna Goin held, that is the entire tachlis that you were sent down to this world, was to second your midst. So a lot of people think, okay, 
I don't really get angry. I think I'm not really an angry person. I don't get angry. I don't shout at anybody. So, okay, let's move on to the next one. It's not so negaya. The problem is that's not really true. Anger doesn't necessarily mean shouting, raising your voice, or anything like that. Anger could be an inner rage. Now, I don't believe, and I'm saying this with quite confidence, that there exists a person on this world that never experienced anger in his life. I don't believe it. And the simple reason, I'll tell you why I'm so confident in what I'm saying. Why am I so confident? I never did a study. I never looked up the statistics about this. But I think it's a double posture that there does not exist a person that never experienced anger in his life. And the answer is very simple. Why generally? And we'll talk about this in more in more depth. Why does a person get angry? Generally, and again, there are exceptions. But generally, the reason why a person gets angry is because his desires, that which he wants, doesn't get met. When, when, when your desires don't get met, in other words, you don't get what you want and what you think you need... So then a person gets angry, a person gets upset. I don't believe there's a person, there's a human being in the world that exists on planet Earth from automation until today, until the end of time, that doesn't have any desires, that doesn't have any want. Everybody has desires, everyone has something that they want, everyone has something that they think they need. If that's the case, when that want or need isn't met, which is very, very often, he will become angry. Now, does that mean he's going to outside or outwardly display anger? Maybe not. But at the end of the day, it is something that everyone goes to. In fact, we even find from Gedolim and Sadiqim that they went through this as well. You know, we always think, imagine if we met the Chavetz Chaim. Right? None of us met the Chavetz Chaim. But imagine if you met the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim was probably the most calmest, kindest, gentle human being probably we've ever met in our entire lifetime. Right? But yet, but yet the Chavetz Chaim said about himself, that it took him years and years of working on himself in order to get to that stage. So we think the Chavetz Chaim was built with that character trait. The answer is no. The Chavetz Chaim said he had to work years and years to work on that midah. I'll give you an example. After World War II, they printed a brand new shas. And Ramosha, Ramosha in America, was one of the first gedolim, one of the first people, to actually purchase and get this beautiful, beautiful new edition of the Vilna shas. So Ramosha, as we know, was an incredible writer. I mean, what he wrote and he wrote and he wrote was unbelievable. And in those days, he used to write in the margins of his Gemara. And there was one of the Talmudim that wanted to see what Ramosha was writing. So when Ramosha got up to get a Sefer, he went and leaned over the Gemara. Now in those days, how did you write? They didn't have the fancy pens we have nowadays. They had the ink, like, you know, the fountain pens, right? They had the little, whatever they're called, the feathers and the thing. And they had the, the ink well, where all the ink was. So he leaned over, and little did he realize that he spilt the entire ink all over this fresh, brand new Vilna Shas. Only a few of them existed in that time. He was one of the first people to get it. All his notes were there. The Talmud was, went, went pale. Ramosha finds that I just spilled everything all over the place. Ramosha came back and he looked at it and he said, Ah, isn't it beautiful how, how beautiful my Gemara looks in blue? Now they asked Ramosha afterwards, he said, Rabbi, how do you do that? That's incredible. How do, you, how, do you, how do you have that self-control? And Ramosha said, I worked years and years to get to that level. So you see, even by the G'daylim, right, that we imagine, we assume, for them it's easy. It's only for us normal. It's not true. They worked on it and worked on it and worked on it until eventually developed that they, they didn't feel the anger. It's not the fact they didn't display the anger, by the way. That's a whole different thing. There's one thing not to display the anger. That's one madriga. What we want to work on is not being angry. It's not getting to the level where you actually are angry, which we're going to try to get to. I want to give you a couple of maimari chazal. 
which I think are very, very important, right? I'm, I'm sure many of you are familiar with this, but I think it's very, very important. There's a Gemara in the Dorim that Chav based on Alalaf. Well, the Gemara says, and I quote, Omer Rabbi Shmuel Banachemi, Omer Kol Hakoyes, anyone that gets angry, Kol Mine Gehenim Shotimba. All types of Gehenim overpower him. I don't know what that means, and I cannot explain to you that on a physical level. But it doesn't sound good if all the types of Gehenim can get you. There is a Zoya. The Zoya says, Kolakoyes, anybody that gets angry, Ki'ilu Oived Oivdei You're serving idol worship. What is the Pshat? So the Ran explains that when a person is angry, he's angry because, and we mentioned this before, his desires, his needs, his wants didn't get met. Which means he's upset. But if you believe in Hashem, then you will believe that Hashem didn't give it to you for a reason. And therefore, why are you getting angry? Must be you don't believe in Hashem. And therefore, it's the, the, this is a very, very, dealing with literally over the void of idol worship. We say nowadays it's not a gay, we don't have idol worship, we have the type of Noshim, we have all sorts of Taivas, we have all sorts of things. Well, idol, avoid the Zara. Who has the problem of avoid the Zara? Because I'll tell us many of us, when you get angry, that's avoid the Zara. Because the reason that you get angry, and I want to state this again, is because that which you want, that which you need, or think need, didn't happen, you get angry. If you would believe, with full belief, that the Rebunshim runs the world, and there's a shkocha protis, and the way the Rebunshim runs the world is perfect, then you wouldn't get angry because I have everything I need. And that's why a person has to realize how serious this is as well. Right? The Gemara Durham continues and says the person forgets all of his learning. That's another thing as well. Reb Chaim Vital, Reb Chaim Vital writes in Shara Yechudim, he says that the Arizal was more makbid about getting and rooting out anger than any other midah, than any of the other character traits that exist, was the midah of anger that he wanted to root out. And the reason that the Arizal did so is because he said, Chazal tell us that if you become angry, you become like over there by the Zohar, you're serving idol worship, and therefore you're not believing really in Hashem. Now, anger can destroy a marriage, it can destroy a relationship between friends, between children, between parents. I'm sure many of us are familiar with relationships of those kind that have been messed up because of people got angry and things spun out of control and before you know it, they got divorced or before you know it, he left home, before you know it, they never spoke to each other again. It's terrible. It can ruin everything. Just take a simple case of Shalom Bias, right? The wife's trying to do everything for Shabbos and he comes back out of Shabbos after a day of work and he says, why isn't the table laid and why isn't the challah out the oven? He gets all upset and she starts, you know, who knows what can happen over there? Chazal Talas, the Gemara This leads to all sorts of terrible, terrible things. Anger can lead to some of really, really bad things. And a person has to realize that these things are very, very serious and they can affect them. I'll give you a Misa. Tell you a Misa. In 1848, this Misa happened. In 1848, there was an epidemic. And there was an epidemic in, in Vilna. At the time in Vilna, Rabbi Saul Salanta was the Rav at the time. He was the head of Vilna. He was the Rav of Vilna. And um, what he did was, which we're not going to go into, he instructed all the, the people, all the Jews of Vilna, to drink on Yom Kippur. He got, he got up to meet so someone made, made Kiddush. And he wanted everyone to drink on Yom Kippur. Why? It was an epidemic that caused death. He passed in the Shal of the Koch Nefesh. Everyone has to drink on Yom Kippur. Now, he was worried that there'll be some frummies out there that won't want to do this because Yom Kippur is Yom Kippur, right? So what he did was, imagine if Saul Salanta got up by the bima on Yom Kippur and he drank. Just to show everybody, this is real. This is not a joke. This is real. And he wanted to convince everyone. On Friday night, during the epidemic, Rabbi Saul Salanta instructed 
some of the Tamidim who were busy with the, the Chaylim, the ones who were sick, and he said, do whatever they need. Chop wood, put wood in the fire to warm them up. Whatever needs to be done, do for them. It's Pukuach Nefesh. One of the Jews came to thank Rabbi Saul Salanta for having sent his Tamidim to, to attend for one of, the, uh, one of his relatives that was sick. And he recovered. And in, you know, in, in front of everyone in public, he said to Rabbi Saul Salanta, he said, with due respect to the Rav, I must be honest with you, Although, I know it's Motzah to Machal Shabbos for Pekuach Nefesh, I feel that your Talmidim took some liberties and they did things on Shabbos that they probably could have avoided. And, for example, he saw a, a boy chopping wood when there was other wood available and therefore they should be instructed to keep the Chil Shabbos to the bare minimum. He said this in front of everyone to the Rav to Rebisol Salanta. Rebisol Salanta, never in his life, raised a voice, shouted for the first time in his life to the man, he said, you shaita, you bore. Who are you to tell me what's mutter and what's asa on Shabbos? I carry the achrayas of this entire community and I will be the one who decides what may or may not be done. You can imagine when you heard Yubisal Salanta acting and responding in that way from a man that never raised his voice in his life. He was like completely shocked. He realized he'd completely spoken, spoken out of place and he apologized and he asked Mechila and whatever it was. They asked Yubisal Salanta, Rebbe, what happened? Like, come on, like, well, well, what's Pshat? This is the biggest Bali Musa, the founder of the Musa movement. What's Pshat? He said, I want to tell you why. He said in front of all of my, all of my Tamidim, in front of people, I told my Tamidim, Machal Shabbos, and do whatever is necessary. If they would have listened to him, they would have all of a sudden said, hmm, it shouldn't really be Machal Shabbos. You have to know, maybe yeah, maybe no. And because of that, someone may die. And therefore I told them, no. I wanted to show them it's very, very important. I had no choice but to make a dramatic statement in the presence of all my Tamidim. I want to continue with the story. For the remainder of Rabbi Shol Salanta's life, he was upset for the anger that he showed at that time. He said it was totally justified. He did the right thing. He needed to do that because otherwise it would have prevented boys from being Mechal Shabbos. People could have died. And therefore there's no question he did the right thing. But he said, I should never have got angry like that. And for the rest of his life, till the day he died, he was upset with himself in that way. And that's what a person has to realize. It's a very, very serious situation when a person can become angry in that way. Let me just end, Rabbi Isai, with uh, two last things. First of all, the Gemara in Shabbos, Lamad. the Gemara in Shabbos tells us that there was a Yid who made a bet. Could you get Hillel, Beis Hillel, could you get Hillel angry? So he made a bet, uh, 400 zoos, whatever it was, he made a bet. So he came Erev Shabbos. Now Erev Shabbos, as you know, is always a busy time. People are running, people are doing, having showers, people are getting ready. And he came, Hello, hello, where are you? Hello, where are you? And he came in and he got dressed and he had to wrap his head, the Gemara says, because I guess he was washing his hair, whatever. And he came in, he said, my dear son, what would you, you know, is everything okay? What can I help you? He said, I have a question. Sure, my dear son, what would you like to ask? It's Erev Shabbos, it's probably a very important question. So he said, why do the Babylonians have round heads? So, Hillel said, that's a, that's a beautiful question. It's because the midwives haven't been trained well. Okay, that's a very important question for an Erev Shabbos, to disturb the God Lado. Fine. Goes back into his house, continues his preparations for Shabbos. An hour later, the guy goes, hey, Hillel, Hillel, where are you? So, again, Hillel has to get dressed, to come outside. My dear son, you have a question? Anything you need? He said, sure. Why is it that the Talmudites have teary eyes? That's a very important question for an Arab Shabbos. So he says, that's, wow, that's incredible. That's wonderful. He said, that's amazing because they live in a sandy area with a lot of sand. And it's dangerous for sand to go in. So they have tears to get rid of the sand. Okay, he left. He came back a third time. Again, and he kept on coming back. 
And he said, are you the hero that say that never can get angry? And he said, I guess that's me. He said, oh, what a waste. I lost my bet. I couldn't get you angry. Right? Hillel, again, had worked on himself to such a level that was very, very, you know, got him to that level where he didn't become angry. Not that he was angry inside, but didn't display it to anybody else. And let me just end with one last Kavalda Gamaisa, and we've got a lot more to do, Be'ez HaShem. In Europe, there was a decree on the Jews, a very harsh decree. So there was a machloikis between Reb Chaim Briska and the Ur Sameach in a certain Nakuda, right? Was there an Issa? Was there not an Issa? Whatever it was. Reb Chaim brought the Chavetz Chaim with him to back up his side. The Ur Sameach told over that when they were together in the hotel, the Chavetz Chaim knocked on the Ur Sameach's door and started speaking to him. And at one point he started lowering his voice significantly and walking away. And then he came back, lowered his voice, and continued again, and walked away. It happened three times. The Osamer said, he was upset with me. I could tell at those three moments he was working on his kas. And being a coin myself, I know how hard that is. And that's the Chofetz Chaim who was working on his kas. As I state in the Osamer. Rabbi Say, it's a lifetime job. It's not something we can work on in one time. But it's something we should start or maybe something we could realize. And Be'ez HaShem, we're going to continue in our character development ideas. And Be'ez HaShem will continue tomorrow with the next segment of this idea.